So, because Warner Brothers did like no advertising for this movie, like zero, and I'm not a fan of Deathstroke solo adventures, I know, I know, but because of those two things, I thought watching this animated movie was going to be a chore. But to my delight, it was fantastic. I can't believe how good it was. I mean, was Vixen this good? This comes from the CW seed. What the heck? I mean, I'm just really impressed with Deathstroke Knights and Dragons, which is in fact 12 episodes from its run on CW Seed, which, which means it's new to pretty much everyone, <laughs> including me. And I thought that all 12 episodes, you can't even tell where the episode breaks were. It combines flawlessly to make one heck of an animated movie. We're gonna break it down in just a moment. Don't worry, no spoilers. But I'll just tell you right off the bat, I loved this. I had such a good time. I highly recommend that you, you well, you have to buy it right now, uh, but I think it's worth it. Now it's exec, it's $20. So anyway, it's exec produced by Greg Berlanti and the head of his production company, who you often see co-credited with him, Sarah Schechter. Uh, and they're both executive producers as well on Doom Patrol, by the way. So I have to say, maybe there's hope for the HBO Max Green Lantern series yet that they're doing. So yeah, this was incredible. And I appreciated that it wasn't an adaptation of a specific graphic novel. So it still seems fresh to us comic book readers as well as newbies. I know that by adapting famous comic book storylines that it introduces it to a wider audience, but I really wish that everybody would just read the original comic book and that we would get new adventures in animation. I think that's the best. That's, that's what I prefer. And so that's what this was. So I appreciate it. In fact, it felt like I was, I was watching a, a brand new graphic novel, and I love that. On comic book day, no less. It was, it was fantastic. Now, the animation is uh, highly stylized, and I suspect that some people will call it cheap. And you know what? Maybe it was cheap to do, but I actually enjoyed it. And there are some other elements in terms of writing and directing that we'll talk about in a moment that I think also heighten the overall product. But just on animation alone, it reminded me, speaking of comics, of the very enjoyable uh, Fury Max 2012-2013 miniseries written as usual by Garth Ennis, but this time around had fantastic art by Goran Parlov. That's something else. If you're looking for a comic book to read, go back and buy that. That's also very good. And it's funny to me because Fury and Deathstroke are actually very similar characters, even down to the eye patch. I'm talking about original Fury, not the Samuel L. Jackson one. Uh, I, like, I like both of them. Samuel L. Jackson is actually my favorite of all these characters, his Fury. Uh, but, but anyway, to be honest, as I said, I've never been a big Deathstroke fan. I could take or leave Nick Fury. But I gotta say, I liked Deathstroke in this, and I liked Fury in that Fury Max series. So I think the characters aren't always a slam dunk, but when they're done well, they're very entertaining. Uh, but I, for Deathstroke, I mean, like, let's, what kind of mercenary wears bright orange? It even bothered me here, by the way. I was like, we gotta do some kind of tweaking on his costume, because it's just too comic booky, I think, to really to level up to other mediums. Uh, but anyway, I've always liked in the comics his two kids, Joseph, AKA Jericho, and uh, especially Rose, AKA Ravager. I do love me some anti-heroes. Uh, and on that note, this movie's efforts to paint Deathstroke as an anti-hero, well, if I have one quibble with the movie, I guess that would be it. Because to me, Deathstroke is a 100% villain, and he's a very good one. I don't need to um, make him an anti-hero. I mean, how are they, after you watch this movie, you're like, he's not gonna terrorize the Teen Titans, but he does, but he does, and he's great at it. I don't wanna, I don't wanna lose that. Uh, I mean, 
don't, don't worry, he's not like a good guy in this movie. And I thought that was one of the interesting things about it, in fact. Now, to my surprise and delight, uh, Deathstroke Knights and Dragons is not just about Deathstroke, though. It's an ensemble film, and I loved that, and a great introduction to the overall Deathstroke lore. It has a very good script by comic book and animation writer J.M. DeMatteis, who in fact wrote some very good episodes for Justice League Unlimited, including one of the best ones, Grudge Match, which I bring up all the time, which had all the women of the Justice League fighting each other in a cage match. It's very, very good. Uh, and this actually, in some points, does feel like an episode of the good old uh, Bruce, Tim, Paul Dini, Alan Burnett days. Uh, so the script here, I think, was very good. It has great setups, great storylines, smart observations about Deathstroke and his supporting cast. I don't want to give anything away. And on that note, a lot of surprises, uh, like a lot of surprises. They were even able to surprise me a couple of times, even though I do know the said lore. But and even when I could see something coming, you know, I would see it come maybe just a few seconds before, or like a few scenes before it happened. I was like, oh, wait a minute. And it was very rewarding to see it play out. So that it was fun, even if you can see the surprises is coming just a little bit. And even if you think the animation looks cheap, you cannot deny that director uh, Sung Jin An makes a huge effort from visual flourishes. At one point, Bronze Tiger like steps in a puddle and you can see his reflection. I was like, that's real cool. To intense action scenes, I really liked the action, to genuine jump scares. I actually had to like jump a couple times and cover my face once because I was like, this is going to be real bad. It was good. And it, this is a hard R, by the way. Very hard R. So much gore. Right up there with the recent and also very well done Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge. In fact, with all the violence and the masks, the face masks that everyone's wearing, it often reminded me of Mortal Kombat stylistically, even beyond the gore. Although, I guess gore is part of Mortal Kombat style. And part of the style here, very artistic gore. There's this one scene where uh, Deathstroke cuts people up like origami, and then he's just, it rains blood on him, and then he's covered in blood, and I was like, that's, that's beautiful, <laughs> even though it's disgusting. Uh, I really like the versions of the characters here as well. That's always fun when you see like a, a new creative team take on fan favorites to see their interpretation of them. And I like the way they were all written, and I like the way they looked. Bronze Tiger and Lady Shiva were particularly nice surprises. I like both versions of them very, very much. And Deathstroke's wife, I can't really like her character. Adeline Kane, who's here reimagined as a former member of Team 7, which they've really been pushing lately in DC Comics, is Deathstroke's backstory. Uh, and while I don't like when women are portrayed as constantly complaining, I was like, geez, Adeline, just move on and leave this guy, leave this guy already. You know, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. I think, I think some men see women that way, and that bothers me a lot. But I had to give it to her. She had an awful lot to complain about in this movie. I don't, again, I don't want to give anything away, but where her character goes, I felt made up for a lot of the complaining that she did. Uh, the voice cast is also stellar across the board. Everyone does a great job. Everyone. Although, I cannot reconcile the fact that Michael Chiklis is voicing Deathstroke. Like, occasionally I could hear it. I'd be like, oh yeah, there he is. But it just doesn't make any sense to me. Does not compute. I can't make it make sense to me. But he does a great job. He does a really good job. And on that note, this film is perfectly balanced in terms of gender and ethnicity, in terms of the voice cast and the characters on screen. And it shows how effectively it can be done without coming across as tokenism. It can be done organically for a really wonderful cast that has representation for everyone. I thought that was wonderful. I felt this was as good as a live action movie, but just significantly cheaper because of course it's done with animation. But you could take this exact same script and direction and do it live action and you, I think it would be very impressive. And I'd love to see a sequel in fact, that's so much I like this. 
this. It doesn't directly set up a sequel, but it does leave the door open. And I'm like, I'd like to walk through that door. So again, Deathstroke, Knights and Dragons. And they even do a good job explaining that title uh, organically within the film. Very, again, very well done. Well, it's available right now in 1999, wherever animated movies are sold. Uh, and I think, again, it's worth your money and your time. And I know, again, that it's not from DC Animation proper, but I think that Warner Brothers did a real disservice to everybody who worked on this and did such a great job, and also fans who I know will enjoy it by not getting the word out there uh, that this movie is available. So that's, that's my thoughts. Share yours down below. Subscribe today. And, of course, as always, you can check out some more videos right now.